Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 88.2, The Bird's Nest. I'm your host, Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> You're here with Robin, the Robin's Egg. Oh, the Robin's Egg. True to my namesake. Robin's Egg, my man, it's good that, <laughs> to have you with us. That was pretty good. Robin's <laughs> Egg. Yeah, it could have gone with, uh, you know, um, Fred, I, the fledgling. I had Fred, uh, Freddie Flamingo written down, and I crossed just, it out. I don't know if they even have nests. <laughs> it's a strong cut. That's a strong uh, cut. <laughs> strong cut. Uh, and I also stole Eddie the Eagle from that Hugh Jackman movie, which was actually not half bad. Um, uh, Australia. Yes. No, 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 it's called Eddie the Eagle, the name of the movie. Oh, that's the, okay. <laughs> just, I think he's from Australia. I just said uh, the country he's from. <laughs> but there is a movie called Australia that he stars in. Oh, oh Les Miserables. Um, no. Oh my gosh. Well, he Marie. plays a French prostitute. Oh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, for real, welcome to Bard to Death. This is a podcast where my co host, whose name is. A Robin the Egg. No, a Ryan Shaver. <laughs> Ryan Shaver and I trade being the Bard week to week. Uh, this week in Bard, of course, is a medieval uh, storyteller. Um, so we take turns telling stories. Uh, this week, Ryan is our Bard. This is not a story. Ryan, have I heard this story? Is this a story I know of or have heard? No, I, I don't even know if I've told this story. It's a oh. strange one. So I don't you really know. You went deep into the attic for it. I like it. Yeah, I don't even really understand this story, okay. so explains why I haven't really told it before. All right. Well, I'm excited to get into it. Uh, any preface we need to know about Sir Bard before we get going here? No, this is... Uh, we're going to go back to the fall of 2012 for, for this story, so a bit of a TBT. Oh, I like it. Okay, so audience, I am participating with you as I am listening along with you and reacting in real time. I will be writing down a few questions that come to mind um, as we hope to, as Ryan often uh, says, which I love, tap into a little bit of the human experience here. So Bard Ryan, the floor is yours, my friend. Let's tap away. Um, so I graduated from undergrad in the summer of 2012 mm -hmm. and then I didn't want to go straight into corporate career mode. And so mm -hmm. I went, uh, to Europe and I went to Prague where I taught English as a foreign language for a bit mm -hmm. and then that was fun. And then I also wanted to get in some, not backpacking per se in the traditional hostel sense, but I wanted to get in some travel. And it was really important to me for some reason at this time, I was 22, mm -hmm. that I fly solo. In fact, I had met some really I remember, cool people. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, I met some really cool people in not, Prague. Not the story, but th that you went, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of forgot about it, actually. And that was a huge... That was like a good chunk of time. It was. It was a good chunk of time. I really can't emphasize enough. I I wanted and needed to go alone. Mm -hmm. uh, my girlfriend of two years at this time had kind of fished to see if she could come too. 
Mm. And <laughs> I, I fish. <laughs> a lot of us fished. <laughs> I no, in, shot, no invite. <laughs> I shot it down. Um, uh, yeah. And then I met some people over there and a really nice Canadian guy who I became pretty close with. And we would go see movies and drink coffee. And he was a kind of an artist type. And you could so just he, say Canadian guy. You don't have to say nice Canadian guy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I met this uh, Canadian guy with free socialized yeah. healthcare. <laughs> this is the part. This is the the bit where Americans make fun of Canadians for being really nice. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny to me. All right, keep going. It was nice, and he once we were in Prague, and I, and I said, I think I'm going to go to Poland for a bit. He fished if he could come, and I shot him. Down. <laughs> oh my gosh, That's so funny. Just a little like self-imposed lonerism. Sometimes uh, you gotta just you just gotta hit the road solo. I get it. Yeah, it was very much like twenty-two. Like I need to go into the wild, find myself, kind of total thing. total BS. Okay, and okay. <laughs> happy to take like dad's you know CC with you on the <laughs> way, <laughs> but super solo, right? So mm. I left Prague and went kind of on this trip through Poland alone. I knew I wanted to see some concentration camps, being a history guy, and I wanted to just kind of get lost for a bit and explore and struggle and stay in cool places and have some, you know, introspection time. (laughs) As if I didn't have enough Mm. throughout college. And... The first place I went was a place called Oswaisim, which translates in English to Auschwitz. So mm-hmm. pretty pretty heavy solo trip. That's heavy, yeah. Yeah, learned pretty quickly that this was a bad idea to go alone. Really? Um, yeah. Why, just, why, why is that? Spend most of your day, A, not talking, and then when you are talking, you're talking in very rudimentary English, to people who don't speak it or speak it as a second language. And you're basically just reducing language to like logistics. Like, how do I get here? Mm-hmm. I'll take this. Um, how much does this cost? Et cetera, et cetera. So it, you start to see how much a part of your life language is, but not only language itself, but being like free with it, free to joke mm-hmm. and be silly and to talk outside of pure communication, but to talk for pleasure and connection and so I basically wasn't doing that at all. And add on top of that, I was experiencing one of the heavier emotional experiences of my life and going to a concentration camp and walking through it and basically trying to process it alone, but really having no one to talk about it with. Um, mm. Whether or not one is religious or spiritual, it's hard not to experience the spiritual level of a haunted physical space like a concentration camp and basically i just had to sit with that alone and it was mm-hmm. uh ill-advised so actually this is not my story but when i was at auschwitz and i was just walking around i kind of had my head down and i passed i saw someone pass me and it was re- it was off season and it was really sparsely populated you know i, I mm-hmm. would walk around this concentration camp and see like 20 people the whole time so it was very gray and solitary and then just there wasn't even many other tourists there and as i was kind of walking with my head down i saw a pair of shoes walk past me and they were black vans and Mm. it only caught my eye because i wear vans and in eastern europe 
in Eastern Europe, not many people wear Vans. So I kind of like looked up. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, who's this? Who's this? Just instinctually. And I recognized the face. And I was like, hmm, this looks super familiar. But it wasn't like a celebrity or anything. So I was like, who mm-hmm. is this? And so I kind of sat there for a second and watched him walk away. And then I realized it was the drummer in one of my favorite bands called Japan Droids. Get out of here. Yeah, and I knew... Is this like the the two-piece band? Yeah, they're a two-piece. I knew what he looked like because the two guys are on every album cover that they have. It's like an indie rock, right? Yeah, indie rock and kind of post-punk. And I've I've watched Mm -hmm. them on YouTube a lot. I really, really love them. They're like a top 10 band for me. I think you had a t-shirt for a while, too, that was like... Yeah, poster, yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, had the whole nine. Yeah. Well, this isn't like a casual fan. I'm a huge, huge fan. And, and, and of all places to I, run I, into I, a band. And they're an American band, though, right? I think they're Canadian, Vancouver. Oh, they're Canadian. Okay. I knew they, were, they weren't they um, were Japanese. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're two, two white guys. And mm-hmm. he was alone and I was alone, but he was walking away. And so what I did is I basically just ran around this building to like pass him again Mm. (laughs) and upon second passing i stopped him and uh said hey are you in a (laughs) i I think i said are you in a band (laughs) i didn't even say japan droids he's trying to like process he's taking it all in and you're like are you in that band that i like (laughs) in a concentration camp of all places please keep going this story is just insane so I give him my demo, and he like, yeah, listen to it, and he puts it on the back of his trunk, and he slams it. Oh man, I hope that story that I told on that other episode is uh, for those for those listeners who know that that's from a he's referencing another story of mine. Who knows chronologically when these will be released? But I'm sure people will get that. The old faded demo. That's tapes. So that's so funny. No, but I just. Again, this isn't even my story, but this is just crazy that it happened at Auschwitz. And I was like, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I love your band. Like, I really, really love it. Mm. And so he did, he, guys, did, he did confirm it was him. Yeah. Okay. He said, yeah, I'm in a band. And I said, are you in Japan, Droids? So I kind of proved my bona fides. So Which they, they were, uh, what, marginally maybe famous? Yeah. I mean, if you search Japan, Droids, there's like an NPR article and okay, Pitchfork okay. gives them good reviews. I mean, they're not super obscure i guess to even um, be super famous in the indie rock community is to be marginally famous yeah but then especially yeah yeah um they're so not, that was really cool. I yeah they're not for, nobodies is what i'm saying yeah. for the, i'm i'm i mean i'm guessing the listeners may, may not have heard of this band sure or they a bunch of them have i don't know it was yeah. i had never heard of them when you told me about them so like i'm sure this is their full-time job to be a band so they're not yeah, this isn't like a side thing. But they're, they're doing was, well enough to be able to take a break from the band to go to Poland. Well, they were touring in Eastern Europe. Like they were playing Warsaw the next mm-hmm. day and they just played Prague. And so uh, I guess they had just taken some time off to come see Auschwitz. Okay, and he, okay. he was walking solo. I didn't see the other guy, but uh, I did see him. And we talked for a few minutes and then I was like, thank you, you know, thanks so much. And uh, I know this is a heavy place. So I'm mm-hmm. going to, you know, let you get back to that but um mm-hmm. it was so strange and i had to say yes and Did, i was were so you, fu- were you trying so hard to like because because we've you and i have met mu- mus- like musical idols together even and it was yeah. it's it's hard to contain your your fandom you know you're a fanboy was it was it hard to like lock that up yeah i mean 
the did setting. You kinda, did you let yourself kind of get giddy for a second? And I think it was mostly internal, and I I could just be telling myself this, but I really tried to stay subdued because of the setting. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to deny that we were at a very sacred place, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't think I showed it. But on okay. the inside, but it was also con like kind of complimented with this. I hadn't really talked to an American now in several weeks and I was so far from home and comfort. And this is a band that I had listened to throughout college and Mm -hmm. was very important to me. And then just a, to see another like English speaker Mm. and then someone who to me was very familiar. If I wasn't to him, uh, I couldn't deny stopping him and talking with him for a few minutes. And again, Mm -hmm. he was, can't say, you know, he was really nice and maybe he wanted to talk with someone for a minute, but it was um, one of the stranger experiences in my life. And then, so I left Oswaisim, I got on a train and I wanted to go to Warsaw. So I wanted a place that was more populated, mm-hmm. more dense, you know, maybe just more people that I could talk to. I was kind of at this point realizing that Maybe flying solo through a foreign country is not a great idea. <laughs> so I got to Warsaw, mm-hmm. stayed at one of the best like B and B's I've Ca- ever stayed Capital, at. right, of Poland? Yeah, capital of Poland. Yeah. Very you know, has like a very tormented history. Mm. Poland's been like partitioned three times in the last couple hundred years. Mm-hmm. Warsaw was basically just leveled during World War II. There was a massive uprising of uh, Jewish prisoners of the Nazis called the Warsaw Uprising. Um, very dark, and then they and then Poland was under Soviet rule for the rest of the 20th century. So very mm. dark and turbulent history. I mean, I love the Polish people. Everyone I met was really warm and helpful and and nice. Mm. Um, but anyway, I stay at this great Airbnb, and I'm on like the fifth floor and. I get there, I'm just like drenched in sweat because I've been traveling all day. It's it's like early September, so it's kind of humid and hot. I'm mm. I'm carrying my bag and um just like a very beautiful receptionist, just like, I'll show you to your room. Gorgeous, like Polish girl. And I'm like, oh, I think I got it, because I don't want her to be near me because I just smell terrible. <laughs> and she's like, oh no, it's it's nothing. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll take the stairs. And she's like, no, we'll take this elevator. And it was a very like old world elevator, mm. super. Like a gate you had to close? Yeah, barely fit two people in it. And oh. so I'm like, oh, Just boy. B.O. Mm. I warned her. I was like, it, No ventilation? <laughs> no oh, ventilation? <laughs> no, just hermetic, airtight. <laughs> and we, it's so slow. It's like oh. the elevator on the Titanic. <laughs> Remember that scene yeah. when Rose is like, take me down. And the water is like pouring in. Yeah, that's so good. Except it's my sweat pouring in. <laughs> she had a similar look as the elevator attendant, just sheer terror. <laughs> just had to avoid her for the rest of my stay. Oh, well um, played, well played. But a super cool B&B. Mm-hmm. I'm there for a couple of days, kind of indefinitely, until I want to leave. And I really liked Warsaw a lot. Um but I would spend most of the days just like exploring the city on foot. Mm. And I met another American girl and her mom, they were staying at the Airbnb. And so we would meet at breakfast and I hung out with them for a few days. So I was kind of getting some social fix, but then they left. And so I was back on my own and 
I found this thing called, this place called Lazienski Park. It's basically, it's the biggest park in Warsaw. So it's like kind of the national park. It translates in Polish to like the Royal Baths Park. So it's, Mm. um, think of it like Central Park in Warsaw, but with more aristocratic feel. Like there's some, like I think the Polish king stayed there for a bit, maybe in the summer and... Mm. Louis the Fourteenth was there or something when he was in exile. So it kind of has this like royal gardens feel, mm. but it is also very kind of egalitarian in that it's like the capital's park mm-hmm. in the same way that Central Park is. So it was this really expansive green space in the city that had ponds and impressive architecture and like peacocks and there'd be people playing music and mm. soccer and people lounging and reading. And so I would just... Very labyrinthine too. Like I don't think I ever really got a grasp of the layout, or really mm. ever understood. I, you could wander it and get lost, and it was really really cool. And so I would go there in the day and read, and doze off, and I, you know you feel very safe. And so I kind of grabbed some space on the lawn mm-hmm. in the shadow of this guy playing music and dozed off it was kind of a warm afternoon what Um, kind of sorry what kind of music was he what what kind of music was he playing instrument or i think he had a violin oh man that's awesome yeah it was very european Mm -hmm. and this is 2012 so we have cell phones but i didn't have like a global plan wi-fi wasn't as ubiquitous or accessible as it is now Mm -hmm. and so I didn't have any sort of communication with the world or the outside world. I couldn't like just look at Snapchat. That didn't exist, I don't think. So when I was wondering, I really was kind of off the grid communication-wise. I couldn't like escape. Mm. I had an iPod that I charged each night and a phone that I could use when I was on Wi-Fi. But otherwise, like in this park, I mean, I was just... I really felt kind of off the grid in in a good way, but then also in a lonely way. And so one afternoon, I dozed off there. And kind of this hazy in and out, you know, couple hour nap. It was really, really mm. lovely. And I kind of woke up and eh, maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And I woke up um, and I just looked up and my eyes were kind of hazily opening. And there was a woman standing there and she was, I don't know, maybe mid 60s. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't looking at me. She was kind of looking at into the distance. And then we made eye contact and it was, you know, there are other people around us, so it wasn't just her. And she said, "Oh, you look like you're having a nice day," or something like that. And I was like, "Yeah, this place is great." And she, she quickly, or no, she said something in Polish, and I was like, "Oh, sorry, I don't speak Polish." Mm. And then she switched to English, and she spoke it pretty well. And she learns that I'm American, and we we ch- make chit chat for a few minutes. And you know, I was in no position to kind of deny social interaction at this time, so. Um, she's like, oh, like there's a really nice like tea garden right over there, you know, two minute walk away. Do you want to get a cup of tea? And I was like, sure, this is sounds great. Um, and sure enough, there was this lovely outdoor garden and they were setting up for some event and we ordered, you know, hot tea and they served it in lovely pottery and very like, again, very aristocratic, but democratic feel and, um, so you're, you're just, you're having tea with this stranger. Yeah. This older woman and she's really lovely and really nice. And mm-hmm. I hate to use this word, but kind of, you know, it's kind of like a maternal figure in this fragile moment for me. I'm kind of lonely and mm. 
looking for, I'm just glad that someone speaks English on like a conversational level and we can kind of riff and ride. And she seems very cosmopolitan and very well-traveled and worldly. And she also seems like really interesting. Like she starts telling me about her grandfather who fought in the Polish resistance during World War II. Mm. Uh, Or maybe it was her father because she's pretty old. So I can't remember exactly. Uh, and then her father, who ran you know this company that was one of the major manufacturing companies in the history of Poland, and um, you know, think of it like a GE or, or like a Johnson and Johnson or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in Poland knew the name, so I didn't mm-hmm. know the name, but it was a very like national company. And she talks about traveling and, and meeting like the Dalai Lama, and I'm kind of getting the sense like, wow. oh, she, she's like she's not royalty, but. She might she, be. She might be somebody. Is she like a duchess, or just mm. like the heiress to a throne, or like a socialite. She talked about um, being at Kate William and Kate's wedding. Whoa. Um, and and knowing Princess Diana and how Whoa. hard that was. Yeah, and I'm like, holy wow. smokes! I struck gold here. Just <laughs> conversationally, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, or even I'm mean, even even thinking from like the historian side of you. Yeah. Just totally. primary primary source for days. Exactly. And she's, I know. We, which, which been, sorry, that, that came off very utilitarian. Like, she's a great, she's no. a beautiful human. You're having this great conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And she's also, I mean, we're humans. We can spot BS pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm not, I don't talk to strangers um, if anyone comes up to me, I just assume they're, they want something or they're crazy. It's not a great <laughs> attitude and I should probably refine it, but she's like really intelligent and she speaks really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is a lovely, lovely stroke of fortune. And mm-hmm. I, I'm very fortunate. And so we're drinking tea and they were shutting down the cafe because again, some it was a lovely garden. I think they were about to have an event. Maybe it was a wedding or something. And so they're like, ah, uh, sorry, 10 minutes, we're going to close for a private event. Here's the check. And I didn't really have an income at this time since I was just in pure travel mode. And uh, so I wouldn't characterize myself as having, you know, I couldn't live the large life in Poland. I was staying mm-hmm. at hostels and Airbnbs and stuff. You're, so. s- you're sleeping in a park. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're like finding shade behind a, a musician. I'm having to, <laughs> you know, I'm having to think every time I spend money over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. And so I reach for the check. And I'll, forgive my ignorance here. I have to ask, is uh, Poland expensive? Is it like what's the what's the situation with the American dollar there? And when I was there in twelve, um, it was more expensive than Prague. It was like a hike up. Okay, I remember a beer would be like two fifty. I stayed at this really nice bed and breakfast for like fifty bucks a night. So okay, okay, not um, as expensive as America, but also for Eastern Europe, Warsaw was more expensive than other places. Okay, so helpful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so things still cost money and. Mm-hmm. I reach for the check and you know, I'm kind of slow to do it. And <laughs> she's like, oh, you'll be, oh, this is very nice of you. You're a gentleman. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's from a different. Well, I wasn't, but now I am. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was hoping we could split it. Hadsies. Let's go Dutch. <laughs> it was probably like a $10 pot of tea. Again, very fancy place. Maybe we got some cookies or something. It kind of mm-hmm. made sense, I guess. But 
not not inexpensive for tea. She's like, oh, you're you're a gentleman. Your well, mother raised you well. And I was like, ooh, you can't argue with that. Yeah, okay, fine. Because <laughs> if you say, yeah, well, I only had one of the three cookies, so I felt like that was like more of a, <laughs> a, a, a you situation. Uh, the biscotti was, uh, I had like a quarter of it. Yeah, and I'm like... <laughs> In my head, really quick, I'm like, well, I don't want to ruin this lovely experience. And um, she blessed me with her company. And, but she uh, also might be rich. Yeah, my, you know, it's like, it's not short for cash here. Um, but also, she's older. She's from a different generation. Mm-hmm. The man by, you know, we weren't on a date, but the man is probably supposed to pick up the check. And mm-hmm. it's like, fine, I'm, I, I won't lose sleep over this. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I, I pay for that. And then I think, well, you know, at this point it's been three hours or so. So I with, think with her, with her. Yeah. Between wow. kind of just talking and walking around. And I think you'll yeah, probably go back to the B and B now and they would serve breakfast and dinner there. So it was included in my price. So mm-hmm. I would typically eat there and she's like, Oh no. Um, will you come with me? We'll, we'll find some dinner and um, my hotel is back this way and I actually need help with something. Oh, so, okay. Uh, yep. Well, is, is um, this going to, is dinner going to be similar to this situation in terms of the check? Because I've got a free meal, a free, a free hot meal waiting on me at the old, every time you say B and B is, am I the only audience? Am I the only person who keeps thinking it's Airbnb? How sad is that? That now like B and B is like, this term is owned by this company. Sorry. Every yeah. time you've been saying B and B, like you're forgetting to say air, you're forgetting to say air in front of it, which <laughs> is just not correct. Okay. Brilliant. So, you're, so, you, so she wants to keep hanging out. Yeah. She's like, let's find some dinner and I'm staying at a hotel this way. And, and I need your help with something. I need your help with something. Gosh, um, that's, that's eerie. And I'm thinking, I mean, she is kind of old. She's in her mid to late sixties. Lord knows. She, she needs help she, moving a couch or, yeah, at one point she said she ran this organization. I don't remember the exact name. It was something like World Peace Organization. It was something kind of basic like that with like mm-hmm. a three-letter acronym, World Peace Institute or something like that. And again, I don't have a cell phone in this time that I can check it. I'm mm-hmm. not on Wi-Fi. It's just not as, information is not as accessible in 2012. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, who knows? Maybe she just needs help with something on the computer. So I walk with her 10 <laughs> minutes to her hotel and it's a really nice hotel. It's very mm-hmm. fancy. And we go in and we go to, there's like a, a computer lounge there. They have a few computers that guests can use. We sit down and um, she needs help printing something. And she's like, mm-hmm. I need 200 copies of this on Whoa. the computer. Yeah, I'm like, Okay, I mean, I think we just you know hit print and here's the hotel computer and it'll charge your room. Mm-hmm. It's asking for a room number, and I I can't really read the screen because it's in Polish. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking a hotel attendant to come over here, I'm like, oh yeah, this needs a room number, right? And she, he goes, yes. And I look at her and what's your room number? And she says, oh, I don't want to charge it to my room because I don't want my credit card charged. Mm-hmm. And I said well, okay, I think we'll have to pay cash, right? And the attendant is like, yes, you'll have to pay cash here and then I'll retrieve your 200 sheets for you. And Do you know what the document is? I want to say it was like a flyer or it seemed pretty innocuous, something relating to this world peace organization. Again, I don't think that was the exact name, but it was something like that. Mm. Um, She had kind of framed herself as a philanthropist. And so 
I was like, okay, who knows what this is for, a meeting. And I said, okay, well, you'll have to pay this man. And it, 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 now this was going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, this was going to be, I think, like, you know, 80 to 100 US dollars to print mm-hmm. like 200 things. And she said, oh, I don't have any money with me right now. Mm. Can I borrow some from you? And I said, oh, you know, I actually don't, you know, I'm traveling. I don't carry that much cash on me right now, mm-hmm. which was a lie. <laughs> when you're traveling, okay. you typically do carry cash with you. Uh, I didn't have a credit card that worked in Poland, so I was, I had plenty of Polish currency. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, but I saw in your wallet when oh, you took no. it out to buy the tea. I saw, mm. I think it was like a 50-something a currency note. And Gosh. so that could could have paid for this. Ryan, you're stressing me out with this story, man. I just got to name it. I have no <laughs> idea where this is going. I'm so worried. I just want her to be like a queen. <laughs> I want her to be famous and I want this to all be a mistake and she's going to like knight you. <laughs> like by the I'm, end of the story. I'm still in Poland right now. I'm I'm king. My uh, gosh. I live in the royal baths. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, yeah, I you're right. The tea but is in really, my head, the tea has really been extended here. <laughs> that is a major red flag. She like not only looked in my wallet when I took it out to pay for the tea, but she's mm-hmm. like making mental notes about how much money I had and she's mm-hmm. now referencing it to me to get my money to pay for these print flyers, yeah. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, I don't think so. I think I you know, I'm traveling, I don't have a lot of money. That's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, That's a couple nights at a hotel. Yeah. Right? Based and on what you said. Now I'm start like the wheels are starting to turn. Mm. And it's like the the lighting has changed. <laughs> There's a light flickering above you. The framing on the whole day has oh, shifted. No. From whatever it was to whatever it is now. And I just say no. And she's like, well, I have cash up in my room. So if you just pay for it now, we can go up to my room and get it. Mm. And now I'm starting to think I need to get the hell out of here. Mm. Like it's something triggered in you. You're like, I'm the fight or flight, I guess, thing. Yeah. Kicks kicks in. I'm now thinking is kind of when it hits me right now. Mm. She's a con artist. Really? I think everything she said to me has been a lie. Oh, no. Or most of it. And I think she sought me out because I was alone oh, and no. like and relatively the, young. Saw the iPod. She's like American. Yeah. Boom. I started talking. I'm an English speaker. I'm mm. alone and helpless, basically. And she, this was all planned. And it starts out as tea and then it became this and who knows what else it could blossom into. And so eventually I just look at the guy and I say, I don't really know this woman <laughs> and I think I'm going to go. Mm. And I, I walk out and she's like, oh, okay, I'll come with you. Mm. She's like, like, well, dinner, we got, we've dinner yeah, we plans. Had, we had plans. And I'm like, she's not, I don't even think she's staying at this hotel. Really? Yeah. I, I'm not. She just may have just walked in. I think this is a really nice hotel. She could never say her room number. Mm. Um, and so I walk outside and she follows me 
Mm. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to walk alone for a bit. I'm pretty mm. tired. I want to reflect on everything and just kind of listen to music. And she's like, okay. And she grabs my face mm. and says, you are a very beautiful person. Thank you so much. Our paths will cross again. I'm quite confident of it. And she's grabbed my face. And I'm like, wow. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Mm. And I'm like, oh, the 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 walk signal's on. I gotta, I gotta hit this light. And I just beeline across the street. Mm. I go back to the park, and I basically speed walk back to the B and B. And the first thing I do is go straight to my computer, and I type in everything I could remember her telling me. World mm. Peace Organization, her dad's company, mm. um, her name, mm. and I found nothing. I found on the World Peace Organization, I found a website, and it was like worse than a WordPress. It was mm. worse than some eight bit like Oregon Trail stuff, mm. like the mark of a crazy person. I found no record of her dad's company, which if it was supposed to be one of Poland's four biggest manufacturing firms should have found something. Mm. And I found her on Facebook with her name. Cause she, I guess she did tell me the truth about her name. And dude, she had like Photoshop pictures of her and Kate Middleton, oh like my really like oh, sketch. <laughs> and then it hit me like, she was a con artist. Oh dude. She, <laughs> was really well-spoken and seemed intelligent and well-dressed. And she was just trying to get money out of me this whole day. And it mm. starts out as tea and she plays the the long haul. She sat with me for like two hours at this tea place. And, oh man. Um, I was fooled. <laughs> I was, I have a pretty good BS detector mm. and I was totally fooled up until the point where she had asked me for cash. Mm. Um, also, I'm just, I'm sorry, not a, not a con, art, con artist speaking ignorant of what that's like, but it feels to me like a better game plan in her position would have been tea, dinner, then the flyers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, the, flyers key, the key mistake was that the flyers, the $100 <laughs> flyers were before the meal, which could have been $20 or whatever. Uh, like she went anachronistically. Um, it could have been. You go, you go to Kinko's after Outback. You get that <laughs> yeah. surf and turf and then you hit the printer. Yeah, that's so funny. And And I still like, there's, Am I wrong if there's like a piece of me that like, even like when you said she grabbed your face, mm. I immediately thought of Billy Madison for some like, <laughs> stay as long as you can. Like when I, he's like totally, shaking his face, he's shaking cheeks. the kid. Yeah. And, um, but I was also that, that also felt to me, this is just how I heard it. Like strangely beautiful. Like that when she grabbed your face and said, you're a beautiful, what did she say? You're a beautiful human. Like a beautiful person. You're a beautiful person. I'm sure our paths will cross again. I thought that was the turn in the story where you were wrong. And like Mm. she was, and then you go back and you Google her and there's all these photos and you just blew like what could have been (laughs) more of an amazing experience. And she really did have money in the hotel room and all. But, um, oh, that makes me so sad. (laughs) Yeah. I I wish it was a situation where I could have like been adopted into Polish royalty. (laughs) And just been like uh, an American in King Arthur's court or whatever. But (laughs) it's just, to me, 
mm. the first 80% of the time with her, you know, I wasn't unskeptical. I was questioning, mm-hmm. but she checked out. And then all of a sudden, once one thing shifts, I look back and everything looks so clear. Mm. It's like, I mean, the, again, the polls were very friendly, but they weren't outgoing and like seeking you out. In the same way that if you go to New York, people aren't going to like walk up to you on the street and be like, hey, do you want to be friends? Unless they're insane. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It's just no one was seeking me out to be their friend. And now Mm. it it seems so clear why she would approach the solo guy napping. Mm. Um, Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. It was at this point when I was like, (laughs) okay, still feeling lonely. Um, (laughs) Lonelier now than ever. I think I'm going to go back to the United States. And I did like a week later. Mm. I just like, I was like, uh, the solo backpacking thing can be done well, I'm sure. I just, I think I bit Mm -hmm. off too much loneliness Mm. more than I could chew, more than I was, you know, I kind of always took pride in flying solo, but then you kind of realize like you're still a human and you're a social animal and you can't really change that. Yeah, what's the line at the end of uh, Into the Wild? Happiness only real when shared. Yes, kind of a. I fundamentally misunderstood the movie, and like totally misunderstood it. But it was like they. I guess maybe it's Sean Penn's fault for directing it. He made he made the thing look so good. The mm. the movie and the experience of which is I think. I don't know. I think your experience is completely like that feeling of like I've just got to get out. Now I've never been you know to Eastern Europe alone, but. That that feeling I feel like is is a very human feeling of like I've just got to go about this my own way like got to carve my own path like mm. whether that's college or you know after college or a job or you move out of a state or you know whatever big life change it is you break up you know with that relationship or um, whatever whatever just maybe you leave something that feels toxic or mm. uh, whatever it might be a fresh start I feel like that's such a human thing and then wanting wanting to do that you know on your own it's. I think it's a beautiful thing, actually, mm. uh, that you had. That. I remember talking to you, like leading up to it, and it was like very clear that it was like you needed like a reset, in my opinion, or like a. Mm. You were very excited to um, go go along your own, your own way. I have so many thoughts and feelings about this. I I just have to process this. I really was not expecting this kind of a story. I was <laughs> like, it, I kind of have like the feeling right now that I just saw like a horror movie like i'm a little <laughs> like i'm a little tense i'm kind of sure. like i wanted it so bad to work out and i'm so bummed that it didn't and i still don't i mean i i ultimately i don't know i yeah. think she was a con artist and i could this just be pure american ignorance that like she just was nice and she was doing things that we're not used to in the states yeah and maybe she was just I, better than our assumptions maybe i wouldn't find what I was looking for about the company and maybe her Facebook, you know, she's just old and I don't know. To me, I think she was a con artist, but remember at the end, she grabs me and she's like, she's letting me go. Hmm. Um, and again, the, the question is like, well, what is she going to do? Like she can't force you to stay. But as soon as I really tried to leave, she let me go. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I never so felt in danger. I felt weirded out. I definitely didn't want to go into a, a room with her. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the whole thing, I still don't really know what the story is, but it's mm. just one of the weirder interactions I've had. And it really only could have recorded, I'm sorry, it really could have only happened at this time 
when I would have said yes to any social interaction because of lack of social interactions. Mm. Um, wow. But, so, yeah. uh, so I have a few questions if I may. Yeah. Uh, as the non bard, um, I, uh, I appreciated that you shared kind of your experience of the Polish people. I have zero, you know, uh, worldview or of, of that based on personal experience. Um, so like without, obviously like without stereotyping the polls, like what did that, do you feel like this experience has tainted your view of Warsaw or Poland or, I mean, what has it, had, did it leave like a bad, I guess like, I don't know, like a bad taste in your mouth or like. No, she was just a one-off. I mean, I, I really reiterate that every other person I met over there was genuine, you know, generally friendly, if not like outwardly gregarious or mm-hmm. seeking to interaction, but everyone was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Americans get a bad rap because we don't know foreign languages and mm-hmm. kind of justifiably so, but everyone was really helpful. I once stood in like this Polish train station. I was just confounded. I just did not know what train to get on. And this guy just, there was a line forming at the queue mm. and this guy just helped me and he, he just translated for me and, and got me where I need to go. And it was this mm. really sweet act of complete generosity f- from a complete stranger that we'll never meet again. But I, I still really love Poland and I hope I can go back. I had a major crush on this Polish girl that I met. And is this the girl from the hotel? <laughs> the con artist? No, the one, I'm sorry. The, oh, the, oh, the concierge the, the, or the, the receptionist. Like, is this the, the old lady? <laughs> no, no. I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> That's the story as you fell in love with her. Spoiler and alert. You, you uh, go, yeah, you become a con artist too. Babe, um, yeah, I'll be down in a sec. She's downstairs. She just oh made a... Uh, oh my gosh. She made babushka. It's oh really my borscht. gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. Oh my gosh. That's a Keep great... Keep those candles lit. Um, oh, that's a great joke. No, no, no. Okay, question so there's three characters oh no i'm sorry you were you weren't you weren't done but you said you really had this crush on this was it a polish girl or you said polish girl in america later like not oh, even oh. like like two and a half years ago okay um, in a happy re- relationship in love with my girlfriend currently but um this was before i ever met her mm. uh yeah so all, all this to say love poland love mm-hmm. poles would would love to go back uh mm-hmm. doesn't taint it at all okay that's good good for you um the three, another question. This is kind of a weird question. We don't have to answer it. It's just something I thought of. There's three, three characters that stuck out to me in the story. The first is the drummer from Japan droids. Mm. The second with the black vans. The second is the receptionist at the mm-hmm. hotel that you're in this elevator with. You're scared to be near her because she's beautiful and you, and you smell really bad. And then <laughs> the third is this, obviously this, uh, sweet lady who may or yeah. may not be a con artist. What are these three? I, I was curious as to like you pinpointed these three characters that are all incredibly different and could have been mm. kind of three different stories in and of themselves. What's the connection between these three characters for you? Oh, that's interesting because I've definitely met far more people than just these three, but course, for some reason I singled them out. Yeah, I was. Hmm. I actually was wondering why did he tell us about the drummer? Why did he tell us about the what, the receptionist? I mean, there, there was obviously a reason. Or yeah, just they stuck out to really, you? Or? That's a really good question. Might be and too I, deep. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I mean, I, again, I, I had far more conversations and, and met mm. other Americans and other Europeans. For some reason, these three stand out. I don't know if there's a connection. I mean, the first one definitely stands out because of the uniqueness of meeting one of your favorite musicians. 
second one because she was so beautiful and I was such a disgusting, wary traveler. <laughs> and then the third one because, again, it was very unique. So I guess these three stick out to me because each situation I've never had since that time. Um, mm. Whereas I've talked with B&B owners at length and met Americans on while traveling and, and hung out with them. And mm-hmm. I think it was these three were just like, one and done type experiences for me and Mm. strange and varying degrees of strangeness, of course. Mm. Yeah. Can I, can I offer an observation? I'm not trying to diagnose you or anything. I'm not, I just thought this was interesting. So to me, I was, as I wrote that question down, I was in listening to you talk about them. I actually like with, for whatever reason, I wrote this kind of like little web nexus and I was wondering if like, these were all three marks of like, you needed to go back home or that like you missed home in some way. So the drummer is a mark of your isolation, like Mm. linguistically and also, and you know, culturally maybe like this band that you love that you've, you know, resonate with. I mean, the, you talked about the isolation in language particular, the receptionist Mm. showed that you were weary of traveling like physically Mm. because you were like sweaty and exhausted from this train. And then the woman maybe at the end showed that, uh, traveling is expensive. <laughs> it can be expensive. Like, <laughs> or just you, like you, there's deceit. There's there's deceit. Yeah. And you were like yeah. the warmth of home maybe was like the, I don't know for me, those were just like the three straws that like the marks of missing home. I don't know. Mm. I just like, I was just curious if that, if you would agree with that or refute that or I would agree truth in that. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, um, yeah, it's weird because when I, I hung out that American, the, the girl and her mom and the girl was like my age so she was mm. you know a woman I guess but I didn't really feel a longing to go back to America for some reason I don't know why um, mm. and there were times when I thought they were a burden cause like, oh I that was here. a fourth character I, mean, I I did not include them yeah but I didn't really talk about them all that much um, I was happy to have their companionship but mm. it didn't make me miss America but for some reason you didn't like go to the omelet bar on the day that they left like hoping to run into them and realize <laughs> they weren't there and yeah. You, you gotten like a, an extra coffee, you know, an extra couple cups of coffee or something and they didn't show or <laughs> just like a lost puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They went out for cigarettes. I, they told me they were coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, waiter, I think that, the waiter comes up. Are we waiting on anyone else? And you're like, uh, not, not today, Ralph. I don't know. What was. <laughs> Ralph, not, every not very Polish name. <laughs> yeah. Not, not at all. King Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Final question as always. Well, yeah. what did you learn? What was the takeaway? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, this story is so connected to the larger kind of European isolation tour Mm. where I like, man, I've had times of my life where I've been lonely and trying to make friends, but have been struggling. I mean, it's hard to make friends when you get older. You Mm. you don't have play dates. You don't go to school most likely and your coworkers are your coworkers. So it's like, I've had times where I've been trying to make friends and just not been able to um, move somewhere new and Mm. you'll experience that. You know that. Um, but then in, in this situation it was a weird inverse where it was like, I was trying to not meet mm. people for so long and kept meeting these really great people, whether that was the Canadians in Prague or, um, mm. uh, the Americans at the, the B and B. And so it was probably kind of the last time in my life I was really seeking out isolation, um, mm. because I was romanticizing it and glorifying it and kind of this youthful, middle, middle, upper class, maybe even male way where Mm. you just like glorify, you know, 
or not even clever, you just misread things. You, you again into the wild or on the road, uh, Jack London stories where you just misread what the point of these stories are, and you walk mm. away thinking, "Oh yeah, the the loner in the wilderness, that's going to be me." And mm. kind of the resounding message through almost all of art is that you can't really go through life alone. Um, mm. And if you do, it's kind of at your own peril. And so I guess that was kind of my coming of age story from a social mm. standpoint and that I, I learned wow. there's no, there's no glory. There's no pride to be had in the loner. Wow. Um, and Tame Impala came out with this album just around this time. It was very serendipitous. They called their album lonerism. I, I misread kind of the whole message of that too. Mm. It kind of just produces um, the wrong kind of pride and mm. bitterness and cynicism and um, this idea, that, you know, you kind of start teaching yourself that you're better than everyone and everyone else is doing things wrongly. And it's really, really toxic and, and ultimately produces nothing of value in this life, in this world and <laughs> kind of warps who you are. That sounded like mm. your dad probably. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I yeah. But um, anyway, it's a long, long-winded story, but it or kind of takeaway. But it, it's impossible for me to divorce that, and it seems probably very basic. But it's something I learned at age twenty-two. Maybe mm. it's later than normal. Mm. Man, I, yeah, for I really like this story. Um, man, that's really beautiful. Thanks for that answer. I know I said that was the final question. I actually do have mm. one more that I just have to ask. And uh, but but before I do, I I, I just have to uh, know. I love what you said about. I don't really know what the story is. You, I, you said that at one point mm. throughout, and um, that there's not enough of that. I'll just say this: like, of course, we're doing this podcast kind of meta here, but we're doing this podcast about stories and trying to dissect some piece of meaning from it. But it's um, that's a question I get asked all the time you know, in the pastoral realm, especially with the Bible of like, we have all these stories and it's, well, yeah. what does this mean? You know, and it's like, there's an assumption that every one of them has to have this kind of tight, compact, uh, maybe even like black and black and white kind of simplified sure. meaning that we can walk away and like use it as some sort of code for how to, to, to guide our lives. And it's like, man, there are so many stories, not just in the Bible for me as, as a minister, but throughout, you know, just in general, that's like, I just don't know what to do with that. Like sure. you, see, you see a movie and like, you're like maybe a little bit bummed because it wasn't as entertaining as you thought, but you're also like still kind of weird. You find yourself maybe Googling about the story or something. And like, you're just kind of like, I don't really know what that was, but mm -hmm. it it was. So, so this kind of leads into my fourth, this is my fourth, my final question. Um, let's say she, this woman, the, the primary woman, this uh, older woman was in fact a con artist. So hypothetically mm. she was a con artist. All these, you know, kind of triggers and feelings you had at the end were true. Would you trade the tea <laughs> that you paid for? Like looking back, like, cause I feel mm. like my, the gut, the instinctual, like kind of uh, emotional reaction would be, I can't believe that, you know, I got, I wasted all this, but mm -hmm. like, let's say it's not true. Did her story hearing, even if it was made up, did it, was it still something you appreciate now? Sure. Absolutely. The, the three, the three hour tea specifically in the park. Yeah. I don't regret it at all. I mean, it wasn't that much money in the big picture. Sure. Now, had I spent a lot of money on dinner and the, the flyers? Printer, yeah. Maybe it's, <laughs> that's so a different, random. So weird. Maybe that's a different answer, but like many of the best stories or just most interesting experiences that we have in the moment. They're not that fun. Mm. Um, they're 
so much of life is to be savored in retrospect. We always sometimes I, I really hate retrospect because it's like you start playing the what if game, but retrospect can also be like a nice lens to laugh and to reflect and take away things that mm-hmm. in the moment you were precluded from doing um, by a whole host of things. So I wouldn't trade it. It, it makes for an interesting experience, um, even if I, again I'm not 100 percent sure what exactly happened that day. But um, I like what you said. It reminded me of this Hemingway quote. Someone asked him what his one of his books meant one time, and he said, I, I mean, it means what it is. I don't send messages with my books. When I want to send messages, I go to the post office. And it's this great <laughs> quote, because on the one hand, he's, he's probably exaggerating a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a way to send messages through art and metaphor and multiple meaning. But I also like this idea that some things are just to be experienced and mm. you can take away half lessons or no lessons at all, but the experience is, um, doesn't mean it wasn't worth doing. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think that's all I got for you. Wow, man. Yeah. Thanks for, sorry. I, f- I could just ask 10 more questions about this no, story. This was really, this was it. a deep well for me for some reason, Weird. but thank you for sharing it. Uh, I was of course, and, and, uh, in a large part because it was it uh, creeped me out at a couple points was sure. most certainly not uh, bored barred bored bored <laughs> to death whatever it is we're, we're saying bored to death at the end yeah I was I was not bored to death at all uh, in fact I have actually have a few more questions for you once mm. once this recording is over <laughs> but um, Ryan our bard for the week you crushed it my man thank you for uh, for sharing a huge huge deep well of the human experience there mm. and. Um, Listeners, thank you for listening. Thanks for this is a little bit longer for us. Thanks for sticking with us. Any closing thoughts, Ry? Uh, no. Thanks for thanks for riding this uh, okay this Polish journey with me. Beware of people asking you to print <laughs> flyers for them. <laughs> Don't print. <laughs> Don't print the flyers. All right. Ch- cheers. <laughs> All right, here comes that outro music. See you guys later. We'll be back next Monday with a fresh story that you won't want to miss. So don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or our website, bardtodeath.com. And if you're really vibing us, consider writing us a review in the iTunes store. Have a story of your own that you'd like to share with Ryan and I? Email it to us at connect at bardtodeath.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Our outro music is graciously provided by Ryan's band, We Are Tall Boys. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Bandcamp. Until next time, we hope our story in some way helps you find the humor, beauty, and truth in your own story. I'm Colin Apshabair, and this has been Bard to Death. There's and there's nature. What's it for, legislator, when my thoughts are so obscene? There's peace in your headlights, the mother's got seven daughters and sons, each one is a struggle, she doesn't know how to get them.